0: welcome to the mail room where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals i'm steven and i'm tyler and we have a guest named emma Axra today she is a covid zone monitor on a netflix rom-com
1: but she's not just a covid zone monitor steven is she
0: no she's not because right when we got into this interview little did we know she's actually a writer
1: a writer
0: she just does this covid zone monitor netflix gig during the day but at night She's trying to make it as a writer.
1: She's in a writer's group. She writes rom-coms in her free time. She told us all about her journey as a writer and coming out here and getting her first job as a writer's PA.
0: She had some great stories to tell. Let's hear them. Let's get into it.
2: So, my first job out here, which um, I got through a connection, which is not helpful for podcasts like this where everyone's like how do I just get that first job and I'm like well have your dad talk to a showrunner's dad and ask for an informational interview like obviously that's not um how it I know I have friends who found jobs through Facebook groups and um just you know join the Facebook groups look online but um I got my first job through just a random connection like that um just an informational interview that ended up going really well with this amazing showrunner and she the timing happened to line up so that we were we talked for like 15 minutes she realized I wasn't a psycho um <laughs> she was staffing a show she asked if I wanted to come in and interview to be a writer's PA the time like it happened that's to, so luck it was yeah. so lucky wow. so lucky it happened to line up with when I was planning to move to LA anyway I got off the plane I went to her office we talked again for like 10 minutes all she was really looking for, I mean, she's ama- She's like working, not only getting that job, but the fact that that first job was with her, she really set the tone for just the best start I could have had here. She's like an amazing person, very funny, talented uh, showrunner, and it almost (laughs) it almost felt uh too easy because it was because five months later a pandemic was gonna hit um and i thought i was like on this track and now writers pas don't really exist or they do but like much less because most rooms are still zoom um but i i think that like as worried as i was walking into that interview for her all she was looking for was someone who was going to be like uh, down to earth and not crazy and like not have an attitude Mm -hmm. and you filled the role I yeah, tr- <laughs> I I try not That's to appear awesome. crazy.
0: And so, where are you? Where are you coming from? Where are mm. you from?
2: So I grew up in New Jersey. I went to Brown, um, which has been actually kind of like I, I felt like going to a school like that has been both like a blessing and a curse finding jobs out here because um, it's obviously been helpful for the reasons that you would think like brown I've, I've, is
0: brown it's, it's a school uh... a lot of
2: people have heard of and i've you know people um really often wrongly will assume certain things about like your intelligence <laughs> <or the> attitude, <laughs> believe me but um i've also interviewed for like pa jobs and and people have just been like listen like this job is getting people lunch like are you gonna have an attitude about that or are you gonna feel like you're too good for that and um
1: preconceived notions
2: It's, it's, yeah, it's it's hard to even say like, no, I don't, I don't feel like I'm too good to get you lunch without sounding like you, like it's, (laughs) it's people, a lot of preconceived notions uh, that both help me and I think that I have to kind of show people that I'm, I don't, I'm not going to have an attitude about getting lunch, I'm not going to have an attitude about wiping down tables or doing any sort of errand like no job is too small for me that sort of thing and that's just the attitude yeah. you really have to have coming into uh jobs like these and and you also realize very quickly that uh where you went to school does not make you better than anyone else and does not make you smarter than anyone else and especially the kind of smarts that are required out here uh like i would say my waitressing jobs and experiences have helped me much more than a fancy uh name name brand education mm-hmm.
0: so i need to ask because so both of us, we went to school where, like, we just went because they had a great media program, and, the, like, honestly, compared to other schools, like, it really wasn't that expensive. Like, we we didn't pay for a name necessarily like that, but, like, so what was your goals going into an Ivy League college like Brown?
2: I wanted to be on the Supreme Court. Yes. I oh, <laughs> wanted to no yeah I wanted to <laughs> do something <laughs> like that. Um, I was very into politics, and... Um, in high school and I I had this like petition that kind of went viral that I was like going on like NPR and and like news shows and talking about like representation of women in politics and media and I thought that that was what I, I thought I was going to use that as a springboard to either go to law school or be like running for office someday and I I realized at a certain point that what I enjoyed about that experience wasn't it didn't really have so much to do with politics as much as like telling stories and talking about representation and um just like what you're seeing the politics was the way I was able to do that but what I enjoyed was like the telling the stories of it all and um I, I realized at a certain point that if my days were spent with um like policy and and all of this sort of gritty stuff that is so important but I don't really have the brain for like I was able at a college level to sort of trick people into thinking I had the brain for it to get the kind of grades I needed, but I really, it all goes over my head and I just, I, I pivoted. And now and I. you
1: recognize that storytelling can achieve some of the same things that you wanted to do in politics, right? Yeah, yeah, in
2: a way that I think would make me want to get out of bed every morning a little bit more.
0: Right. I mean, I find it so ironic that you wanted to do justice and in doing so you're not even joining the field of justice you're joining the field of entertainment (laughs) i know it's a
2: it's a it's a pivot for sure but um
0: but in some ways you're doing even more than you could have you're reaching more people and inspiring them through entertainment that's i mean that's a big reason why i think we're both here yeah yeah i
2: think there's a lot there's a lot of uh power in, in shaping people's uh perceptions of everything and just sort of like the culture that we live in through uh, media and it's also just for me more fun I mean I was going into my I was going into my internship on Capitol Hill um in my oh my gosh in my like western business attire and my heels and just sweating in the DC swamp and I would just get there and the other interns were all very plugged into CNN very much plugged into the vote that was happening that day and uh, thinking about like the the bills that our Congress and all the stuff we should have been doing. And I was just sitting there like writing stories on my laptop. Like I should not have been there. I, and, and I'm not now.
0: So you were writing stories
2: at that time. Yeah. Cause there was a lot of just waiting around in that internship, similar to a lot of these jobs we do yeah. now. Um, and I, yeah, I wasn't really thinking about what was going on and I should, and that's, I wish I was the kind of person who was more plugged into that stuff. Cause I think it's very important, but, um,
1: Look, I think I think you did a great job of of recognizing what your goals were and, and realizing there was another lane to get to where you want to get. 100%. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, that's good. Do you remember a moment where
0: you said, "I can't do this anymore. I need to pursue entertainment."
2: Yes, I was walking home from my internship one day and I was on the phone with my dad and I'd almost finished like the this was um the summer after sophomore year so I, I was halfway through college and I almost finished the requirements for my political science degree and I was just talking on the phone to my dad and I was just like I just don't like this I'm not looking forward to my days I do not want to live in DC um and I just I had the thought of going back to school and and taking another class where I'm going to be pretending to do the readings and figuring out how to write a paper that checks all the boxes my bra- like that just does not make me excited to <laughs> continue doing my life <laughs> and he was just like you don't have to like you you're you're going to work every day and you're writing stories like like that is on the table too like that is an option for you like he kind of my dad I mean I have like You know, I have, and I say I have the only Jewish parents to continue me, to convince me not to go to law school and to pursue a (laughs) career in entertainment instead. (laughs) Now they're trying to convince my youngest brother uh, not to do computer science and to do musical theater instead. They're crazy. I don't really know what's going on there. But um, just, I went back to school and I changed my major. And um, I started getting involved with some groups on campus that (laughs) we didn't really end up, going anywhere with what we were doing like I think we wrote and produced a bunch of stuff that we never ended up finishing editing and never even released but just the act of doing it was so much more fun Mm -hmm. and I was like if I could do this one day and get paid for it that would be awesome and I you know I'm far from there now but I am learning more about the process every day sounds
1: like your enlightenment period (laughs) my (laughs) enlightenment period yeah. renaissance
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean that's amazing that you just have parents in your corner who are not only just supportive of it but encouraging. Oh yeah, I, I the know best. I can relate. I mean, yes. I think all, all of us here at the yes. table. So it's you a said blessing. you yep. have us. You're the only person with a set of Jewish parents. who will do that. Here's here's two more. sets. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't you know. go. To, we didn't go
2: Ivy League. No.
1: <laughs> yeah, we didn't do that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I
2: mean honestly, like I would never say I would have done it differently just because the friends I met in college, but like. I think with schools costing what they do and like the amount I remember being in high school and just the amount of stress I felt to get into the best possible school I could like I just so wish I could go back and be like it doesn't matter like it does not matter um and the people I've met out here like uh you know I've I've met people who've gone to like fancier schools than Brown who you know and and I've met some of the best writers I have met didn't go to college and it's we really, I feel like there's, especially, like, I mean, it depends on, like, the community, I guess, you grow up in. But I know in my high school, there was such pressure to just prove something about yourself based on where you go to school. And I really think that people should just be thinking about what they can get from those schools. And Brown was not necessary. It
1: is what you make it, though. And it sounds like you made good with brown like you did you did pretty well there but
2: i enjoyed my time there for sure
0: mean, just to
1: be surrounded by a community
0: that's i feel like so intelligent in a way and like always like encouraging people to do like creative endeavors like is that how it felt i will shout
2: out brown um and their open curriculum for the fact that when i came back with like one degree almost completed and i was like i actually want to switch in a double major in creative writing and spanish they were like okay like got you like they're very very like study what you want to study no core curriculum it's all very much about like i do think that brown like encourages you to figure out what it is that gets you excited about learning and and i have like one thing that's been really cool out here is um when i was there i didn't really have many like writer friends or friends who are interested in this stuff that we're doing but since i moved here there was a girl who i had one screenwriting class with who uh dm'd me on instagram one day and she was like hey no we don't really know each other but like your instagrams are always so funny like how are you what's up i was like wait you're in la right and we started talking and she invited me to a writing group and uh we did a writing group for a while and uh got really good notes from her and made a bunch of writing friends that way and um that's been really cool so i guess like that was pretty neat
0: that's very neat
2: yeah she's passed on job opportunities to me like uh I guess that is, that is a piece of advice I would have for someone just moving out here is even if you feel like you know no one, but like there's a girl from your high school who's in LA or like someone from college, like just DM those people. Like I think especially coming from the East Coast, like we all did, right? Like Mm -hmm. I know everyone from my high school and college seems to be in New York or Boston and uh, it can feel a little lonely moving out here at first, but just like DM people. <laughs>
0: like, oh my god! Everybody's looking for
1: friends. Every it's like
2: college know. in that way. Like moving to LA is like, like it's a, such a like everyone is looking for friends. You're not gonna be overbearing or creepy. Probably. I mean, you might, but like.
1: But <laughs> odds are the people that you're reaching out to have been in the same position before yeah. and have probably reached out to people and thought that they were gonna come off creepy.
2: And like rule <laughs> of thumb, if you're worried about being creepy and overbearing, you're probably not. It's the people who would. Uh, are not concerned with it. Who come off that way? <laughs> so I gotta,
0: I gotta backtrack a little bit because there's something you said that I just couldn't get out of my head. Why a Spanish double major? Where oh. did that come from?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that uh, that just came from the fact that I, um, I studied abroad. I wanted to study abroad, and I actually did. Um, after I graduated, I did live in Madrid for a year mm-hmm. before moving to LA, and I taught English. And that is actually something that maybe could be interesting to talk about here is I when I my senior year I knew I came back from studying abroad and I was like my time in Spain is not done and I really love it there but I was so obsessed with this idea of coming to Hollywood and like getting out of the like assistant role or whatever at the youngest possible age and I'm I I didn't want to like put that off by a year and I was like I just need to jump start my career but I decided to go to Spain and 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 then I came here, and I probably wouldn't have talked to Tracy, that showrunner who gave me my first writer's PA job, if it had lined up differently. And and also now I'm working with people in my same job who are a year or two younger than me, and I'm working with people who are five years older than me, and it doesn't matter. Like not at all. It does. People here
1: nothing.
0: But here.
2: people are obsessed with it, and they get caught up in it, and they're like, "I looked up this guy's age. He's two years younger than me." Or, "Oh my gosh, did you know she's like actually in her 30s? And it's like, it it doesn't matter. I just it, it drives me insane. Can't
1: compare. So you would, you would advise people to go at their own pace.
2: Yeah. And if yeah. there's something that you want to do before you like get out here and start grinding, do it because it becomes very difficult to pull yourself away. Very difficult to say no to a job that pops up. And I think any, like especially if you're interested in like writing, probably any creative part of it, the more life experiences you can put into your sort of back pocket or whatever, the richer whatever you create is going to be.
0: It's so funny. You I love it. you come in this room. And you say, I don't know if I'll be an interesting guest to be on this podcast. <laughs> and here you go to Madrid for a year. You're about to do politics. And then you change your major. And uh, what, what were you thinking? You're, you're so interesting. Well, i a COVID <laughs>
2: zone. No one wants to be a COVID zone monitor. And that doesn't but... define who you are. Let's just <laughs> get that straight. Thank you. Thank and, you. And
0: that's, not, that's out of your control, I mean, yeah. isn't it?
2: I had actually... So, I, so when the pandemic happened, I... Um, You know, I was almost done with my writer's PA job. I was already very much like, how am I going to get the next writer's PA job? How do I... Because I saw... what was that
0: on? What were you on? Saved by the
2: Bell. The reboot. Shout out. Great show. Like, very... I did not watch the original Saved by the Bell. It really stands on its own. Oh, it's Uh, awesome peacock very funny it's very like uh if you like 30 rock a lot of writers from that um
0: what's the what's the main character's name zach morris zach morris yeah yeah and then his
2: son <laughs> is mac morris oh, right? oh so yeah. that's, <laughs> what the show, that's what the reboot is, it's, so. it's yeah. out it's fully out yeah, yeah. yeah we just shot season two that drops november 24th and what's it on out. it's on peacock.
0: peacock and we just interviewed someone last week on peacock oh really oh, yeah full circle cool peacock
2: fam. um But so I was – and I really – I sucked because I would see – I had a bunch of friends who were the office PAs, a job I've since done. And um, I would see how hard they were busting their ass. And I was working like writer's hours basically. I was like coming in at 9, leaving at 6. like, um, And I was seeing those guys and they were just working so hard and they were there so much longer. And I was just like, how do I avoid doing that? How do I get the next writer's PA job? Become a writer's assistant get staffed, like, how do I just never do what they're doing, and then, of course, the pandemic hit, and um, I went home for four months, uh, I came back when Saved by the Bell had to uh, come back, and I kind of stepped in as an office PA, and then I, I just, for the past, like, year or so, I've been, like, office pa here, COVID zone monitoring there, and then I just wrapped Saved by the Bell Season 2 as an office PA. And I felt, you know, I, I am glad I've had that experience because you learn so much about, like, every facet of production. Um,
0: Wait, so you went from writer's PA on Saved by the Bell to office PA on Saved by the Bell?
2: Like, sort of for finishing up Season 1. Like, I was just sub because there was, like, an office PA with COVID. So I came in and I subbed in for him for two weeks until he got better. And then, like, one of them wanted to go on vacation. So I came and I said, sub- But I wasn't, like, really doing it. So you okay. were
1: day playing as I was day an playing, PA.
2: Yeah, okay. as an office PA. And then... I did some shorter term projects, like a commercial here or there, a pickup shoot for a movie that was um like had to stop because of COVID. And then um Say by the Bell season two came back and that was my first time like really being an office PA for a full season of a show and mm-hmm. I was draining like I've never like I just was like run to the like run to the ground. Um, <laughs> it was exhausting. I learned so much more from that than like I learned doing anything. Um
1: Let's talk about that though. Like as an office PA who's an aspiring writer and mm-hmm. you have other aspirations besides the job you're currently in. How did you use it to your advantage and what did you actually get from that job?
2: Wow. Well, how did I use it to my advantage? I Sort of. I I was glad to be there because a great part of being a writer's PA, which like for if you if you don't know, like I, I know you guys know, but like if anyone listening doesn't know, I don't know. <laughs> put my hand up. A writer's PA, if you are an aspiring writer, is basically the sickest gig you can get. It is very. You just basically the writers often have their own kitchen. You stock the kitchen with their favorite snacks, which is a great way to make small talk and like get to know people who are basically doing what you want to do um you bring them lunch every day (laughs) that's pretty much it I mean you set up their room you're sort of like a liaison between them and anything that they need that production gets them you communicate with production um and the best part of that job is when the writer's assistant who sits in the room and takes notes um and organizes everything when sometimes they have to be like in another meeting or in two places at once and then you step in and you can sub in for the writer's assistant which is so fun you just sit in the room um absorb everything write down everything that is said sometimes they'll be like oh what was the phrasing of that joke you repeat their joke back to them it um i even got to like vote on a joke that they were like the room was split on and be the tiebreaker um
0: so i didn't know there was a difference between a writer's pa and a writer's assistant oh yeah, yeah. i should have explained oh, that yeah. right after so that there was one time that i was like possibly up for a job as a writer's pa and i was so excited and i was like oh, yeah. oh my goodness no, no you still should i be still though. should be excited yes about it's still a great <laughs> job
2: i mean it's wait it's and, and i just <laughs> thought it was
0: the job responsibilities of the person mm. in, the, in the room but yeah. it's. But I mean, it still seems like you get some exposure to that. You get some
2: exposure and like, hopefully it's a stepping stone to that person in the room. Like that's, I hope to get a writer's assistant job at some point in the relative near future. I don't know. I feel ready for that because part of like when I went back as an office PA on season two, I was able to uh, like, even though, um I wasn't the writer's PA anymore like when there was a day that the writer's assistant and the script coordinator were both out and they called me into the zoom room like I was still their go-to person for that and um and I just kind of tried to keep my relationship with the writers alive as they would come um to set for like shooting their episodes I just came this morning from uh, one of their houses I was dog sitting at for the weekend just really trying to keep those relationships alive because uh you know, people who are staff writers, when you meet them, they might have their own shows soon. A lot of really talented writers on that show. Um, so it's about keeping those relationships alive, reading all the scripts as they came out, trying to absorb through that. And just like, um, I think the more you can understand how a show is made, the more you can write a script that can be produced because um, mm-hmm. you know what goes into it.
0: So have you taken anything that you learned on that show to contribute to your writing?
2: Like, I think about stuff that I've, like, heard producers be like, oh, that's going to be a nightmare. Or, like, I I definitely, like, try to think about that. And I think about just, like, producibility. Is that a word? Yes, Mm -hmm. it is. (laughs) I think about producibility as just a concept. And sometimes I'll, like, write a joke and I'll be like, I feel like I got that from, like, osmosis from sitting in their room. Like, not like it's (laughs) their joke, but, like, a joke they would make or, like, a formula they would make.
0: I mean, I feel like that's such an art to watch somebody come up with a joke and the back and forth and back and forth oh like, that so forms it.
2: so it's so fun and that's why like I think zoom rooms are so interesting because like I'm sure you guys have done meetings on zoom it's so hard to get chemistry going with like
1: mm-hmm. it's like
2: you talk and then there's a lag and it's like oh did someone laugh at my jokes or like everyone is like muted and you make a joke and like do people laugh I imagine that For comedy writing, the Zoom room, probably. I mean, there's there's scripts for season two I found to be hilarious. Like, super, super strong. But I just imagine the process of creating them isn't as fun as when you're like in a room and you're pitching jokes and everyone's laughing and you have your favorite snacks because I went and got them for you at Ralph's.
0: Um, (laughs) What were the big snacks that you would
1: get?
2: Well, I remember uh, they they all had their favorites. So, like, um, there there were certain things I was just getting every week. Like, the Trader Joe's uh, jerky. Mm-hmm. The hal- mm. I think there's a jalapeno one that would go really fast. Fade um, <laughs> yeah, <vague I> <laughs> yogurt. There was one day I remember, um, cause I would usually do my crafty shopping in the morning on the way to work. But there was one day when uh, I got some pretzel pop tarts that a few people had and they were very popular and everyone wanted to try them. So I just like ran out to Ralph's and got a few flavors and they all did a taste test. It was like a fun middle of the day thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, if you love food, and snacks like i do and you love writing and you like to be able to just have time in the afternoon to sit around and do your own writing writer's pa is a pretty sick entry-level job for hollywood hard say, to it get sounds
0: like you want to be a writer's pa
2: forever if you love <laughs> <snacks> <laughs> and writing um maybe not forever <laughs> but i definitely enjoyed it um probably more than it, it's been and it's been kind of hard to like you know usually there's no as you guys talked about a lot um on the first episode there's no linear path here but you think okay i'll start as an office pa then maybe i'll get a writer's pa job that i've sort of gone from like writer's pa very close to to what i want to are like sort of at the entry of what i want to do like mm-hmm. gateway to office pa which like uh okay like a little bit farther, move a lot of ample learning opportunity to COVID zone monitor, which Mm -hmm. really is just on the periphery of the show. I'm telling people to pull their masks up, but I decided to, uh, I decided to do that job because of the people who uh, I would be working with. And I'm very happy that I did.
1: That's incredible. I think like you're, you're taking at each crossroad in your career, you're taking the step that you think you'll get the most out of and, and, (laughs) For, for someone who wants to be a writer, you can always be writing on the side.
2: And that's why I took this COVID zone monitor job. Mm-hmm. Um, because I noticed when I was an office PA, being at work like 12 hours a day mm-hmm. or longer and being busy for those 12 hours, I was not writing at all. And um, As an office PA? As an office PA. Right. And um, my friend who I'd worked with on, say, By the Bell, who sort of, um he was an office PA when the pandemic happened. And then he sort of was very, we were one of the first shows to come back and resume filming at Universal after the pandemic was underway. And he sort of was just pulled into a COVID role of like figuring. And, and so he's like been getting hired very easily because he was sort of one of the first people to get that experience when no one had an experience in, in COVID for TV. Mm-hmm. And so he's just sort of, pulled me with him for jobs, and I just um, really enjoy working with him, and I'm I'm very comfortable with him, and he's a good friend, and he, I know, creates a great environment, and he um, he told me, hey, if you take this job, you'll have time to, he, he offered me a job on his COVID team, and I said, I don't know if I want to go back to COVID, I didn't think it like looked as good as production work, but he said... Uh, The hours will be more reasonable and you will have time to write when you are at work and you will meet everyone who is on the crew You will check them in for their testing. You will be walking around set You'll meet a lot more people than even when you were in the production office and uh, I have gotten like uh, my resume passed for better positions from another COVID job I had, you know, it is they always say this industry, it's like all about who you know. And it's, it's so like kind of cliche, but it's uh, true, it's very true mm-hmm. as you both know.
1: A lot of people who work in the COVID world say it's hard to find a time to approach people on set, right? Mm. How have you like dealt with that? Mm.
2: Well, I've done a lot of like testing check-in mm-hmm. and then it's very easy because they approach you and they have to talk to you. And I, um, <laughs> I've had like in, in past jobs, like I'll keep like, a book on my desk that I know a lot of people are reading and people will like ask me about the book or like um, it's it's so corny but I even very put I even put like a copy of like Sid Field's like screen right like, on my desk and people would like know I wanted to be a writer and, that's um, where the
1: Ivy League uh, education yeah. comes in is that what they teach you at Brown?
2: <laughs> yeah manipulation um, very much so and um, on set it's like I mean I think that the crew that i'm working with now is like an especially friendly crew so it like doesn't really feel that like unnatural but also even like you guys one thing you guys talked about in your episode that i listened to um which i was like snapping like yes was when you were talking about lateral connections because people come in here and they're just like, oh my gosh, I need to like impress the person like at the very top and their thing. And that person is used to so many people like trying to get something from them. And they're so removed from like what's happening at the micro level, like all stuff you guys were saying, but just even everyone, like almost everyone in my COVID department is a writer. And I, I'm trying to teach myself. I keep hedging, like, oh, I'm an aspiring writer. I'm like, No, like, I sit down and I write. Like, no one's paying me for it. But I'm a writer in the same way. I'm a walker. <laughs> um, I'm an eater. <laughs> and so I, uh, it's been, we've started, like, a writing group in the COVID team. And we have, like, a prompt every two weeks. And we'll, like, all, like, write to the prompt and then kind of, like, pass it around, like, without our names attached and read each other's scripts, try to guess who wrote what. That, I feel like, is an experience worthy of this alone. Like, meeting People at my level now, because who's who? We're not all gonna progress at the same rate, and like, who knows who will be where in three years? And it's just, I think, meeting people, not and not only thinking of it like that, but also like I'm having fun. Mm -hmm. Like me at almost 26, like as COVID zone monitor Emma matters as much as 35 year old. Who knows what the hell I'll be doing, Emma? And like me enjoying, like you need to grind, you need to hustle, because we're all trying to do like the ultimate. Everyone would if it was easy everyone would do it kind of job but like you also need to enjoy your life (laughs) Mm -hmm. like while you are living it.
0: I mean it's I mean you might be able to comment a little more on it since you've been on a bunch of sets but from what it seems like I've been hearing about just the entertainment industry as a whole is that everybody really moves out because they want to be a writer and everyone does want to be a writer and then they do the the jobs of the PA work, and mm-hmm. and then everybody there is like, oh yes, I'm doing a PA work, but really, I do want to be a writer at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Do you notice that? Oh yeah, lot? yes,
2: yeah. And um, I've also seen people like, uh, I've seen people take an office PA job for that reason, and then you know. I think the hierarchy is so intense and people get so caught up in it. Also, even if you wouldn't get caught up in it, when you're spending 12 hours or more of your day somewhere, like you're going to get caught up in whatever the social or like it just, you get caught up in it and people are so desperate not to be a PA, not to be like at the bottom level that they will take like, oh, hey, like we need an assistant coordinator. Like, do you want to do it? Or like they'll start taking higher up jobs in production um, that make it, harder and harder like they sort of will get more pigeonholed and it mm-hmm. will be like they have less time to write and they're they're more and they're sort of not being looked at for and i i think i'm i tell myself like i'm not taking a job like above office pa in production um
0: it's so easy to forget what you came out here to do mm-hmm. like everybody i feel like takes jobs in the beginning to pay your dues mm-hmm. and then You got to be careful not to get sucked into paying your dues for the rest of your life in that way.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. And And so you talked also about joining this, what is it, it's a Netflix rom-com that you're working on now? Yeah. Yes. So you talked about joining that team because of the people. Mm -hmm. So what did those people offer that I guess were different from other roles that were coming your way?
2: Well, they were a sure bet that I knew that the vibes would be good. And it sounds silly to take a job based on vibes. But, like, again, when you're spending – I mean, I'm not working 12-hour days most of the time on this job. It's, like, 10, sometimes even less, which is, like – What? A crazy experience for me. <laughs> like, it's, like, unreal. Like, I don't know what to do with all my time. That's awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. But when you're spending so many of your hours in, in one place, and especially doing something that you don't want to do, like doing putting up pop up tents and you know <laughs> carrying Lysol white bottles,
1: making signs, making
2: signs, yes, um, it, like the thing that will make or break, like whether you hate your life or like whether you are like singing along to the radio on the drive home, is the people who are next to you when you're doing it, and. Um, there were just three guys from Saved by the Bell who were going to this show. Who I knew all of them. Like, were good workers. Which, first of all, like I've worked with people who do not carry their weight, and it is awful, and it makes your job twice as hard. And um, and I knew that these guys were good workers. They were hard workers. Um, and they were like fun to be around, and um, I enjoyed be- talking to them. And I just thought, you know, I've just really like been grinding. Um, on this one job maybe I'm going to take a few months make a little bit more wo- money because working in COVID does pay slightly better than uh, working in production and I mean for the same level and um, I just have time to write and like laugh with my friends and I'll still be meeting people and I had this idea in my head that like since production work is more like integrated in into what the show actually is it was like better to be doing than COVID, but I don't want a career in COVID and I don't want a career in production. So I figured if I'm just trying to make money in past times until like a better opportunity comes my way or until I, I meet enough people and something works out, I might as well be like having a little bit more fun.
0: I don't think that's crazy at all. Like I think a lot of this time is figuring out about what are you unwilling to do? in terms of a job and I mean just in terms of life in general so deciding that if I were to do a COVID job like it needs to be good people and like you're not willing to I guess sacrifice some of yourself to say I'm gonna do a COVID job and I don't like the people and I don't <laughs> have time thing. to write
2: <laughs> that's so, a thing I I feel like yeah it's I mean what what we all do to do this is insane and it's more than what like I think most of Im- like work, just working twelve-hour days. Like that's kind of a crazy. That's thing. standard. It's standard, but like outside of this world, is crazy. Like on Twitter, people are like, "Oh, the forty-hour work week is antiquated," and we and I'm like, that sounds like such a dream. But it, is, I mean, it is antiquated. Like people on Twitter aren't wrong, but like. I think we, there's this almost mentality that you need to just be like miserable <laughs> and I mean like work you become hard. Cynical. Like, <laughs> yeah, but like you I don't know, like it's it's possible. It's also kind of like sometimes it can feel like summer camp. Sometimes you're just outside with friends and, you know, I don't know, it can be fun. It really is just the people that you're with.
1: I love that. So getting so getting these jobs where did you take this COVID position due to a lack of other opportunity or did you do it because you truly felt that like this was a group that you wanted to work with
2: that's okay. a good question yeah. i'd finally reached the point um because i was offered this job like a few weeks before my save by the bell job was supposed to end and um I'd had a lot, like up until that point, a lot of like next job anxiety of like a gig ending and being like, where am I going to get another job? Am I ever going to work again? And I finally (laughs) had kind of come around to like, no, like there will always be something else. And, um, I knew that I wanted to take September off to go home and there were just some things that I wanted to do. And so when my friend, uh, Taylor texted me and he said, Hey, like, if you're interested, there's a job here for you. It would start October 4th. Um. At first I did say like I don't think I want to go back to Covid Taylor but um it just the timing felt really right and then since accepting that job like I was asked like oh like can you office PA these dates and I and I did say like, no I'm I'm doing this yeah um <laughs> and I mean I think there's also if I think like if I and I I did interview for like some jobs that didn't work out to do stuff that was like definitely a couple steps above COVID zone monitor. And I think Taylor would have understood if I had to say, oh, Taylor, like I got this amazing opportunity doing something else. Um, but yeah, I, I, it was, it was because of wanting to do it. Good.
0: That's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's so hard though when you have a choice and we talk about it all the time when you have a choice between like two options that you can go with in your career. Like I, I've been, I think, somewhat fortunate that you know, even though for internships and for jobs like i only have one option that i've been able mm. to get and like i'm just like thank god i was able to get this but when you have like oh i could go to covid zone monitor on this netflix rom-com or i could stay on Save by the bell like it's just such a oh
2: yeah i didn't leave Save by the bell like i did finish my time at Save by the bell I but was... i was offered like office pa on like different oh on different, on different stuff. stuff yeah
0: But still, like, it's just, it's tough to be like, oh, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I really do want to write more and be with fun people outside.
2: Yeah. Because I do feel like, I mean, there's a hierarchy to everything in this industry. And Mm -hmm. I do feel like COVID is at the very bottom because it's a temporary department. And it's really far removed from anything having to do with actual filmmaking. But... Right.
1: But... You know what? You're in. You're on set. You get to yep. meet new people, and like you said, I mean, you started a writers group with the with these with these COVID people. So it, it seems like it's working out for you. It seems like it's working out. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. it Really is.
1: Um. And how is it
0: on the set? Do you like the movie
2: that they're making? <laughs> yeah, it's a cool movie. It's a cool movie. I uh, I got to read the script, which was fun, and um, there's there's actors in it who are cool to like see (laughs) creepily stare at from behind my Lysol bottles um (laughs) but uh the locations are cool I like going around different places in LA hanging out in a house in Echo Park hanging out I don't yeah it's it's a cool movie I mean the thing is like you take jobs on uh whatever you can take jobs on but I've gotten lucky in that like most of the projects that I have been assigned to have been the kinds of things that i would like want to write or be involved in which is really cool like to say by the bell scripts like just a spunky like comedy about a bunch of high schoolers it's it's cool like that's the kind of thing i want to do so that's been like really really fortunate in this rom-com too like i love rom-coms it's like all i watch
0: and so what do you write
2: rom-coms you write rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> no i i tend to write more uh pilots but usually usually there's like Just a zany, kind of weird protagonist, and definitely like sort of usually like an obsessive romantic impulse. And I I like to uh, I like to explore like death a lot with that, and Mm -hmm. sort of like, what if the rules of death are? I I always come back to like, like someone dies and then the plot starts, like that kind of thing. So
1: those what ifs that are the seeds though, that really like you can start to water and they become bigger ideas. So do what what the goal is to get into a writer's room.
2: Yes.
0: And so when you write these pilots, do you like stockpile them and put some sort of portfolio together that like you eventually plan on giving to somebody? Is there any goals with
2: yeah I'm definitely trying to get like a lot of samples I feel good about like accumulated so that like one day when someone's like asks to see what I've been writing I have something I'm proud of to show them um I'm sort of like more at the stage now where I will like um Gather up all of my courage and like email one of my favorite writers from the room and <laughs> ask for notes, <laughs> and they've all been really nice. Like that's another great thing about being a writer's PA and getting those relationships is like you can get notes from like um, an established writer who knows what they're talking about, and that's been really cool and super helpful. But uh, but yeah, definitely I'm I'm trying to put together um a portfolio of pilots and and I'm trying to uh dip my toe in the water of features as well because like. I had one friend who told me it's like easier to get people to read a feature. I don't know if that's true or if that I don't, I don't know. was I her think, experience. I feel but... like
0: I'd read the shorter one. It's <laughs> just <me. laughs> Right.
2: It's just, I think it's probably good. Just good to have both. And like, yeah. I definitely, when I picture the career I want, it's television writer in a room, but like, if I could get a movie made, that would be cool too. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, I mean, who would be complaining?
2: (laughs) I like the, uh, what, what really draws me to um, the idea of like television writers rooms is like, I mean, it's partially the form, the fact that you have like a longer time to like build characters and relationships and like Mm -hmm. characters and relationships are what make me watch anything. But it's also just like the stability of having a place you go to work to every day for a few months and a few hours and people you're with and people you're collaborating with. And, and that just seems like something that I myself would be better suited for than like the sort of more solitary feature writing experience, especially like TV writers, I think, have a lot more creative control over what happens than like a scr- with movies. It's the director. Um, has much more handle on the final product is is sort of the vibe I get.
1: That is absolutely great. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And and um, I feel like that's also something I've kind of learned about myself just in like making shorts and stuff. Like I meet a lot of people out here who are like, I'm a writer, but I'm also like a filmmaker and a director and I want to like make... And, and that's so cool and I really respect that and I kind of wish I was like that, but I love... Writing something, feeling really good about the words I've written, and handing it off to someone else and seeing what they do with it. That's so cool to me to like give someone my words and and see sometimes what they come up with is totally different than what I had in my head. And I think to some people that could be like so irritating, but to me it's like so exciting. That's very
0: selfless of you. I I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, I feel like, I mean, you think of a lot of most filmmakers. They write something and then they want to direct it and they want to even start it sometimes and like I think that's amazing that like you admire the the act of writing of how it is meant to be performed and interpreted. I think that's very well, awesome.
2: Thanks. I mean, and I have so much respect. And maybe it's just that I don't know. I don't have those skills. And maybe it's a skill I will try to pick up at some point. Maybe sometime I will try. But like, I just I I love the collaborative nature of this stuff so much. And I just, I think it's so cool. Like when a bunch of people get together, they can make something that like one person really couldn't on their own. So mm-hmm. is the,
0: has this happened to you yet? Have you taken a script and given it to somebody and they have performed it and made it into a short? Or, so
2: actually uh, like that was another cool thing about a different COVID uh, it was a COVID PA job I had was, um there was another girl who I only overlapped with her there for a week and she left to be a set PA, but in that time she was like, hey, like I'm a director, you said you're a writer, do you have any scripts? I had been, I didn't really have any, I, I wasn't writing shorts, which like every writer should be writing shorts, because those are so much easier to make, and like um, I took like the first 10 minutes of a pilot I was working on, and I sort of like rewrote it, and like reshaped it, and so that it could be like a standalone short, and I, I sent it to her, and I was like, what do you think of this? And she was like, I love this, here are my notes, and she had like really good notes because she uh she'd been to film school and I have not and she like really understood like structure and stuff even in a short I didn't know that you had to understand structure for a short but structures and everything and we pass it back and forth I think like 10 times like her with like notes and me really trying to like incorporate the notes most of her notes I agreed with there were a few I didn't that we uh sort of negotiated Mm -hmm. And uh, we ended up with a script that was so much better than my initial script. And uh, we did shoot it. There was a little bit of drama because uh, she <laughs> she put together the whole cast and crew. And the day before we were supposed to shoot, um, it turns out that she found all those people from her Christian film school. And um, they were all kind of uncomfortable with my language. And oh. so then there was sort of a, oh, can you rewrite this and take out all the profanity and uh, sort of um. No, <laughs> I can't. And sort of a compromise. We we were able to come up with a compromise that everyone was uh, comfortable with. But mm-hmm. that was a really interesting experience to navigate. But it was yeah. really cool. And then I was on set uh, watching her kind of show, the actors. Um, the actors were amazing. She was amazing. It's. I think she's editing it now. But uh,
0: Oh, wow. And how, how recently was this that it was filmed?
2: A few months ago. Oh, awesome. Yeah.
0: So have you ever thought of writing a spec script in addition to like these pilots and shorts uh
2: i feel like i've received very conflicting advice on this oh
0: please let me know
2: i've had some writers tell me like yeah spec script is a really great way to show that like especially like you know you'd be entering a room as a staff writer that you're able to write in someone else's voice and you're able to like work with characters and like uh settings that are already really well established and i know that that really was the norm for getting staffed like Mm-hmm. for years, um, but I've also had people tell me like that's really there's sort of an industry shift away from staffing off of specs and more more focus on sort of like um, showing like original scripts um,
0: interesting
2: and so I kind of since I've heard merits of both I've been just kind of thinking if a great idea for a spec, if I'm like watching Seinfeld one day or something and like I'm like oh it would be so funny if this happened i'll write it because why not but like i think i'm gonna stick to writing my uh my pilots and it's also interesting like uh one of the writers from Say by the Bell, um, who very kindly offered to give me notes, I sent her a pilot that I had written, and she sent me back some notes. And she said, "These are my notes. If you um, have this in mind for a writing sample, like to get staffed, if you're thinking of like trying to pitch this and get it made, I have a whole different set of notes. Let me know." And that's really interesting because that's something I hadn't really thought about, um, like the difference in writing a script for just as a writing sample versus like to pitch.
1: Mm -hmm. So before you start writing something, do you have an idea of where you want it to go or what you want to say?
2: Um, often I have not. And that has always been a problem. And that always creates, uh,
1: you just
0: go fingers to the keyboard.
2: And that is something I'm really trying to like unlearn or like, (laughs) I just, for instance, I just had written this, uh, this one pilot and, um, I was just sitting down. So my boyfriend is an actor and a writer as well. And Mm he uh, read my pilot and he sat down he was like, I have some notes for you. And he was just like, what are seasons two and season three? And I was like, I don't know and he was like well if you are ever in a room pitching that like that's the first thing they're gonna want to know and I was like maybe this shit and he was like I was sort of talking about what I wanted the message but he's like you know maybe this is a movie if you and then we talked it through and he actually had some really great ideas and I'm really excited to sit down with it and sort of rework it based on that idea of where season two and three are gonna go that has to inform the whole pilot um and you know because if that's something I've sort of been struggling with is if I want to be a TV writer and I want to get stabbed in TV, I'm writing pilots. Sometimes I have ideas that are mo- that are like not suited to that. And I try to stretch it out and I um, I try to like force it into something with a story engine and, and it's just, you know, you need to kind of let the ideas dictate the form at a certain point. And he shared that I don't know what this quote is from. This is definitely a quote from something. But I just thought this was so cool. He, like, yesterday... Ugh, I wish I knew what this quote was from, but, like, if it's about characters, it's a play. If it's an, about an event, it's a movie. And if it's about a place or, like, a setting, it's a TV show.
0: Yes. I've heard that, too. I don't know what I it's from. Know, I don't know where it's from, either, but I've heard that. I've heard that before. And I don't...
1: From Emma Atterod. <laughs> <on> <Melrose. laughs> I came there up it with is. it. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> quote me. <laughs>
0: That's great. I mean... You're, I think you're doing it all right. You got the day job and the COVID zone monitor, and then you go home, and then you write all night. Is that how it
2: works? <laughs> yeah, I don't watch Love Island. I've never watched Love Island. I'm not currently binging Love Island. <laughs> um, yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, that's also part of a writer, though, isn't it? Like, you got to procrastinate. I don't think there's any other way to write.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so much of writing is um, not at your computer uh, with your fingers on the keyboard. So much of writing is going on a walk and having an idea and just uh, remembering that idea. Um, Like, I'm really like, I, last week at my job, I was um, at my desk and I had my laptop and I was trying to be productive next, this week I'm going to be on set. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to like, give myself goals to just work out stuff in my mind. Maybe I'll jot it down on my phone. Like that has to be productive time too.
1: And you also said before that you're, Always drawing from like real experiences right so when you're on set and maybe something happens or an event happens or you see an interaction you could always pull from that
2: oh yeah oh yeah that's happened like <laughs> that's like i have i have a pilot and a movie script that i'm kicking around right now and both of them you know the the female protagonist in her mid-20s is a pa <laughs> like, you know it um maybe it's not the most original or inventive thing but uh It's, it's, I also find that like what I write easily, like the stuff that I am writing that is flowing, that I'm enjoying writing is the stuff that people respond to. And the stuff that I force out is the stuff that people have questions about. And um, yeah.
0: Well, this is so interesting because I mean, you know, we always have preconceived notions about who you are coming on the podcast and like what we're going to talk about. And here I am thinking that we're going to talk about COVID zone monitoring the whole time, and yet this is just like your, your Batman, like that, that's your, your Bruce Wayne job during the day, but really we're talking about the exciting stuff, the juice that uh, you're writing, which I love. I was so happy that we like explored, spent so much time exploring that avenue with you. Oh,
2: well, thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, I've, I'm not, I've not... No one has asked me to write something for money ever. That's not true. I did one um one freelancing writing job where I had to do a listicle of six apps to get you off and I made twenty six dollars from that. Wow. And I um could I ran out of apps from the app store so I made Spotify the last app. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, what you gotta do. I mean, you're hustling and you're, you're taking what you can get.
1: One day, one day you will be in a writer's room, I can tell.
2: Thank you, Steven. Um.
1: <laughs> so what's next after this rom-com's done? Anything on the back burner? Anything on the horizon?
2: I mean, it's really hard to uh, plan that far ahead. This job will end in, in mid-December. No one is staffing at, at this like entry-level level that far in ahead. So I'm just going to have to finish up this job, probably go home for the holidays and then uh e- email all my emails yep uh, emails. see what's up hopefully say by the bell gets renewed for a third season i mean that'd be great mm-hmm. um but i just you know you never know what the thing is it's like you get an email one morning that's like oh by the way like my friend knows a showrunner who need you you just never know when like that's up. so you just got to keep right. up with your contacts and uh and be ready yeah.
0: So would you ever think about taking that more corporate route of being an assistant to, like, a development executive or a producer like that? Or do you really want to, at least in these early years, be on set or PA during the day so that you have the time to mm. write?
2: I've interviewed for those jobs, so I guess, yes, I would take them. Yeah, okay. I didn't get them, but I've interviewed for them. Um so they're very hard to get. And um so I guess I w- I would do it. Um and I'm sure I would learn so much. Mm-hmm. Um but I if there's a world where I do this for a little bit longer and can um get a job in a writer's room like as a writer's assistant, uh, I just think that that would be like the best education for what I want to do. 100%. Like as I think you guys were talking about coming out here and um you know, it's good to take different jobs. You figure out what it is you're interested in. I'm at the point where I know. And it's just it's just a matter of uh, of getting there. And, like, I, you know, trying to keep my relationship with all the writers that I really vibed with alive. Like, I there were some, there were these two writing partners, the ones who were on Mythic Quest that I was telling you about, who uh, they, they were on set for a week for their episode. And I dropped into their office and I was just like, hey, guys, can we get a beer sometime? <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like, of course and I was like I'd love to buy you a beer and they were like do not be ridiculous <laughs> like, you're not paying for the beer but like yeah they know how much um, you mean <laughs> yeah exactly the, the the my favorite writers are always the ones who have uh, been in in my shoes um but they uh and we and we got a beer and and they we talked about writing for like an hour or two and, and then they passed on like a A really sick job I like I just I think a lot of it at this level is just about reminding people you exist because they are so busy but they want to help you because they were you um and so you know no one is out there like dreaming with you like you're probably not going to like move out here and find like a mentor who is like invested in your career so it's their own like people need to fill needs like you are there to fill people's needs and but at the same time like if they have the chance to help you, they want to do that because mm-hmm. it, it feels good. It feels good to help people. Yeah. Um,
0: I hope, I hope everything falls into place. Like, I, I'm <laughs> me sure. <too>. <laughs> I can tell you definitely have a, have a lot to offer.
2: That's really nice. Yeah. Well, cause I am talking out of my ass. Not at <laughs> all. Right. But no. that's what this industry is. And I'm trying to talk out of my ass more actually. Cause I notice that in these jobs, you know, I'll be around like guys, um, I'll, like usually and who will be like yeah i'm going to do this like when i'm in the writer's room or, like when i'm a filmmaker like i do and i'm like oh well like maybe I'll, I'll do this for a few more years and then plan b is like i'll go get a degree in social work and i'll become like a talk therapist and i'll move back to new and it's like if you are thinking like that and you are projecting that energy you know like that's how people are going to see you yeah, and it so... can't be an
0: option nope. you're you're a writer but you do covid zone monitoring on the side
2: <laughs> like bruce <laughs> wayne i like that um <laughs> yeah well thank you
1: yeah well thanks for coming yeah. on this um, has been great oh
2: thank you for having me it's so fun
1: we d- i don't even th- we didn't even talk about really covid zone monitoring i mean there's not much to talk about exactly what's there it's literally
2: writing. i like that pull your mask up. oh could you please put your mask above your nose oh can, can i get you a kn95 that's <laughs> <laughs> i mean now we've talked about covid no, that really yeah. informed. your writing doesn't <laughs> it we, yeah. we did it yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright well thank you for coming on it was thank so, so fun, fun having you We're I'd love to about it all let's sign off let's That's do it. it well this is the mailroom where we interview up and coming entertainment industry professionals I'm Steven my name is Tyler
2: and, and I'm Emma uh,
0: and there she is and we will see you next time on the mailroom thank you